of the Lord this morning. Well, hey, welcome again to Alive Family Church. We're so glad that you guys have joined us this morning. And uh, uh, it's, just be honest, it's good to be back. Uh, we missed you guys last week. We were on a little vacay last week. It was good to unplug. But uh, man, we, we love home. Like I tell everybody, there's no place like home. We, we tuned in. Even when we're on vacation, Jesus first. Amen. We're getting our church in with you guys online and all of that. And can I just take a moment, because I haven't seen you guys in a while since this, but can we give it up for Ian Biggs bringing a word from the Lord? Come on. If that was good, make some noise. Come on. That was so good. So refreshing. Thank you so much. And uh, man, as we've just reflected on what God's already done in our church community this year so far, it's, it's been, help me out, exponential, right? It literally has been exponential. What a start uh, to the year. And just want to make this uh, comment here before I get going in my message. Just because 21 days of prayer and fasting's over and that dedicated time doesn't mean that God's done doing exponential things in our life, amen? We believe that this last month just really set the tone spiritually and kind of teed us up for our entire year, both personally and as a church family and community together. And we believe that we're going to see some dynamic, exponential things continue to pop and continue to happen as we move forward in faith. Do you guys believe that? Come on. But hey, today I'm excited because we're, we're kicking off our brand new series that we've titled Kingdom or Bust. Everybody say Kingdom or Bust. All right, no, that's not good enough. So I, I, need, you help, I need you to help me, all right? When you say it, you got to say it with some attitude, okay? So, so let, me, let me say it for you first. Kingdom or Bust, all right? So uh, we're going to do this again, all right? Kingdom or Bust on three with some attitude. One, two, three. Kingdom or bust. There you go. There you go. That's better. That's better. But hey, I love this phrase, or bust, all right? A lot of us are familiar with it in different venues, right? Maybe Super Bowl or bust. Any Matthew Stafford fans out there? Come on. If only the Lions had a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, right? No, we did. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, bad joke, bad joke. I'm a Bears fan. Sorry. Um, you know, we, we say other things like California or Florida or bust, right? Like we're going to talk about what that means, but like, yes, get us to that warmer weather, right? Some of you might start your mornings out with Starbucks or bust, right? Like, like you're just going to lose it if you don't get that coffee, right? But this term or bust, I had fun kind of uh, studying. It's kind of a kind of a more uh, layman's, uh, just kind of cultural term, but it's used to indicate one's intention to do everything possible to achieve a goal with failure being the only alternative, all right? A couple other things that you get with this or bust term is you would not stop trying to do this thing or accomplish this thing until you achieve it, right? And, and it also expresses this element of determination, kind of this grit to do something or to get somewhere, or collapse from the effort, this kind of like accomplish it or die trying. This kingdom or bust series, this kingdom or bust mentality is really do or die attitude. It's this all in kind of mentality that we're going to be talking about in this attitude today. And we're not talking about a championship game. We're not talking about a destination. We're not talking about a gourmet cup of coffee here. We're taking the month of February to focus in on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, right? Specifically, how can we live our lives for the kingdom? How can we give everything we've got for the kingdom? How can we partner with God to build his kingdom, not only in our lives and our family, but in our community and in this world, right? How can we sacrifice for the kingdom, right? We're going to talk about all of this, but this is that kingdom 
or bust that we're talking about. That's the name of the series this month, and it's really God's kingdom or bust, right? Allowing God to really deposit within us and stir us up to build his kingdom and have this attitude in us. And so we're going to talk more about what the kingdom is because that, that's a great phrase. We get all excited about, yeah, the kingdom. What the heck does that mean? We're going to talk about that and kind of unpack that together today as we get into this message. But really want to share uh, what God has placed on my heart today. It's very simple. If you're taking notes, uh, which, hey, I encourage you. This is a challenge that the Lord has challenged us this year. Eric and I, we're pastors. When one of us is not speaking and we're on the front row, we're getting a notebook and we're taking notes because it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to see it with your eye gates. And another thing, just statistics say, when you write something down, it sticks way more likely with you. And so I encourage you, hey, bring your Bibles to church, bring a notebook to church, expect that God is going to speak to you, right? And that it's just not a performance or experience, but it literally is God speaking to us, amen, through the communicator on the stage, because that's how he's teed it up. But the, the title of my message this morning is simple. It's Kingdom Attitude. Kingdom Attitude. That'll make more sense in a second. Let's pray and open up our hearts and minds to what God wants to deposit in us this morning. Father, we love you so much, and we just thank you for your presence here. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're stirring us and you're calling us, and you're challenging us, and you're pushing us into deeper places with you this year. Father God, we thank you that we can grow today in our knowledge of you, in our personal relationship with you. Father, we want a kingdom or bust attitude about us. Lord, show us what that is, what that looks like for us in our context, both personally and as a church body. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word going forth powerfully today, Lord, and that it does not return back empty-handed or void, but Lord, it accomplishes what you send it to do. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greet said, amen. So this, this kingdom attitude. And, and I, I think I don't have to go too far on this one, but uh, I think everybody understands what an attitude is, right? Right? Some of you guys are shaking your heads. Some of you, let's just, uh, there's no judgment here. We may have given attitude to a significant other, a spouse or a friend already this morning, all right? Maybe on the drive into church or getting ready or somebody was running late or whatever. Uh, parents, maybe you've given, been given some attitude this week in one of your million snow days that you were stuck home with your kids. Uh, just, just about what that you needed them to do or not to do, right? We're all familiar with attitude. It's a part of our daily life. Some of you, you might be more prone to a positive attitude or mentality about life. Some of us, we might default more to a negative attitude at first, but there's all types of attitudes, good attitudes, bad attitudes, sarcastic attitudes, right? Hangry attitudes. Come on, somebody, right? We're singing about hunger and thirst and taking communion this morning. If you skip breakfast, like that little juice in that wafer ain't going to cut it, right? You're already thinking about what the next Phillips going to be, right? There's food in my sermon. Praise God. All right. Some of you guys check me on that. You're like, you didn't talk about food last week. Pastor's backsliding. He's slipping. He's losing his edge. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Uh, attitude. What is attitude? Because I'm talking about kingdom Attitude this morning. Attitude is the way you and I think or feel about someone or something. It's the way we think or feel about someone or something, but I love another definition that takes it a little bit deeper. It's a feeling or way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. Everybody say behavior. Behavior, right? Our attitudes are so powerful. They set the tone for almost every area of our lives, right, including our effectiveness for the kingdom of God, which, which leads me to my first point this morning that I want to explore, and it's this. 
our attitude determines the level of our kingdom impact. Our attitudes determine the level of you and I's kingdom impact, all right? When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to our relationship with him, when it comes to our commitment level to him, when it comes to the amount that we're willing to sacrifice for him, attitude is so key, right? The way we think and feel about the things of God and the kingdom of God directly affect uh, our effectiveness and our impact and our commitment level to him. And you've probably heard it way before. This isn't something I made up. I just like to borrow it. And it's so true. It's this, your attitude determines your altitude. Have you guys heard that before? Yeah. Your attitude in life determines your altitude. What does that mean? Your attitude determines how high you can soar, right? Your attitude determines how successful or how uh, impactful that situation can be simply because of your attitude, right? We've all probably experienced this before, right? When you've had a positive attitude, a I can do all things attitude, a optimistic, faith-filled attitude, it's like no, no mountain can't be moved in that situation. But then I think we've all found ourselves in different seasons of our life or different times when we've had this negative, like, oh man, sour attitude. Now, how do you guys know? Nothing good happens when we're in that state of mind. We can't get out of that box that we put ourselves in. It's a trap that we set for ourselves, right? And um, I, 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 as I was reflecting and prepping this week, uh, I went way back to high school, all right? Like, I was like, wow, that's story time. Everybody want a little story time? I like story. Who likes story time, right? All right, story time. So back in high school, back in Brighton, Michigan, in my freshman year uh, of high school, I think I'm like 14 or 15 years old. It's in the spring of my freshman year, and I find myself in this ratty old gym in somewhere in Detroit or a suburb of Detroit. I don't even remember where it was at. And uh, when you guys are familiar with me, I like basketball. I love basketball. Basketball is a huge part of my life growing up. I played at the collegiate level. Uh, I love the game of basketball. And so as we got more serious into high school, I was like, oh, there, there could be a future in this. And so uh, not only do you play in your normal season, but uh, what, it's still pretty big right now, travel ball. But AU basketball was really big back in the 90s, 2000s there. Uh, if you ever wanted to play at the next level, you had to play on a summer team as well. And so uh, there's a team by the name of the Michigan Mustangs. Some of you guys are like, I don't know who these guys are, but they're one of the premier AAU teams in the state of Michigan. And uh, we found out that they're having an open tryout in the spring of my freshman year down in somewhere in Detroit. So me and my dad drive down there, and we have no clue where we're going. We show up at this ratty gym, and uh, man, there's some really big-name players here. Guys are dunking out of the gym and, like, shooting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm just, like, you know, scrawny, like, like does the kid even eat? Like, like give him a protein shake. Give him four protein shakes kind of kid. Like, but I can shoot, all right? So, um, so I might have a chance here, all right? So uh, we show up and we're getting warmed up and we're in the layup lines and they're like all of this. And one of the coaches that's running the tryout, he goes, hey, if you can dunk, start dunking, right? He's like all harsh and they're like, oh shoot, everyone's perking up. And so guys are like, like through their legs, like bam and all that stuff. I'm like waiting in line and I just let, let you know, I'm like 6'4", like 160 soaking wet. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I've dunked in my driveway. I've dunked after practices, barely getting it over, no authority to it, might get hung and like need a chiropractor the next day type deal. You know what I'm saying? And so at first, intimidation comes all over me. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I'm not going to embarrass myself. I'm not going to try to dunk, miss, and not make this team. 
Then I look over at my dad, and he's kind of like, give me one of these head nods like my dad always does. Like, you got it. Go for it. Like, all or nothing. Just leave it on the court type deal. Here's your moment. And I remember just standing in line as I was waiting. I was a few guys back when just something switched. My attitude switched. I was like, shoot, I've dunked before. I can do this. This is my moment. This is like do, make or break it, right? All or nothing. Like make the team or bust, right? And so I remember, I will never forget it to this day. Took, took the ball from the wing. I think we're coming on the left side because I can duck better when you come off that foot. And I, we came in and you could go anyway. So instead of going left hand, I went down the middle of the lane, took off right at the block, cocked it back and dunked it really, really hard for like the first time in my life. And all the people are like, woo! I was like, and, and that only helped me out. And so not only did I dunk once, like for the next 10 minutes as we did these lines, I'm dunking and flying like I've never flown before. Like literally, my attitude changed my altitude, all right? Like literally, metaphorically speaking, and literally, I was jumping. I, I put to death the stereotype, white man can't jump for like about five minutes of my life, all right? All right? That's not a racist comment. That just, it's just kind of how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like I've got some other guys on my team that are like jumping over me, right? I'm barely getting up there. But I, I share all this because I think the same principles apply when it comes to the things of God, the kingdom of God, as far as our effectiveness or elevation. And, and, and I, want, I believe God wants to stir us up and remind us that, man, our attitude determines our level of impact and effectiveness in anything we set out to do. You see, a positive kingdom attitude produces positive kingdom results. A negative kingdom attitude produces negative kingdom results. And I, I want to, I think the Apostle Paul does a great job challenging all of us in this area of our attitude. I want to go to Philippians chapter 2, look at verse um, 5 real quick, out of the New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, you must have the same, help me out, attitude that Christ Jesus had. Woo! That's an attitude shift right there. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Other translations say you must have the same mind of Christ. And by faith, we can say, I have the mind of Christ. But what does that look like in our lives? Man, the same attitude as Jesus. Well, what kind of mindset or attitude that Jesus have when he walked the earth? Guess what? It was a kingdom attitude. It was a kingdom focus. It was a kingdom perspective, right? It was a kingdom mindset. Jesus, I would argue, had the most kingdom or bust attitude out of anyone who ever walked the face of the earth. Like he was willing to do anything and go to any length, even giving up his own life so that the kingdom of God would prevail on earth and in you and I's lives. He laid it all on the line. He was kingdom or bust to a T, right? And here we are, you and I as believers, Christ followers, Christians, right? Trying to follow after Jesus and we're called to have the same attitude the same ugh, grit towards the kingdom that Jesus did. I think that's powerful and challenging, right? Because, because having a kingdom attitude, as you guys know, it isn't always easy. It isn't always convenient. It, it, is, it, it requires obedience sometimes when you don't want to be obedient. It requires sacrifice when you don't want to sacrifice, right? It, it takes prioritizing God's way in our life higher than our way in our life. It's a challenge. It's, it's easy to be like, yeah, kingdom attitude, kingdom or bust, let's go. Who's going to lunch, right? Like we can just get out of here and get all hype about it. But like for it to actually produce any fruit in our life, we have to come to terms that, man, this isn't always easy, but it's what God desires the most for all of us, right? Which, which as a Christ follower, 
we have to come to terms with this is the way we're called to live. Like, like I think a lot of times as Christians, especially in this day and age, we do like uh, cultural Christianity or convenient Christianity. Like we take the bits and parts of the Bible that we like that are comfortable to us and we live it out and we feel like we're a good Christian. But like to be a Christ follower, it really is like an all or nothing thing. Right? If we're really doing it to correct, now we, we celebrate the baby steps and we celebrate the process and journey. Don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying here. We all have to start somewhere. But if we really want to be a Christ follower, we have to have the same attitude, the same mind as Christ. And he was all sold out for the kingdom, right? He, he, we are called as believers to build God's kingdom, to prioritize his kingdom above our kingdom, to build what he's building versus what we just want to build, right? We're encouraged to prioritize advancing his kingdom more than advancing our personal agenda. Hello. And that isn't always like, woohoo, hurrah. That's tough. That's where the rubber meets the road a lot of times in our Christian faith. Which leads me to my next point that we're not just called to have a kingdom attitude, but as we're going to see here, we're called to have a kingdom first attitude. Amen. That leads me to my second point. Number two, Jesus calls us to have a kingdom first attitude. Everybody say first. That is such a key word. Because we can all have a kingdom attitude at different times, in different seasons, in different moments of our week, but Jesus wants us always to have a kingdom first mentality. We're going to go over to the gospel of Matthew to chapter 6 in just a moment here, but just want to give you guys some context on all this stuff. At the beginning of Matthew, this is at the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. He was just anointed and baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he's set free to preach and teach and go about healing and doing good and, and destroying the works of the devil, as the Bible says. And in Matthew's chapter 5 through 7, we see Jesus preaching uh, what's often famously known as the Sermon on the Mount, all right? It's basically a sermon on a mountain, all right? Sermon on the Mount, all right? You guys caught that? Awesome. Uh, so he's up there, and in Matthew chapter 5, he, he teaches a, a couple passages of Scripture, what is known as the Beatitudes. And, and I didn't study that out very much, but I just liked it. If you slow down and say that word, be attitudes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good one. Where's the drummer, right? Come on. Be attitudes. What are these? These are attitudes that we should be living in our lives that Jesus preached, right? Then we get to Matthew 6, and we see him introducing the model of prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's more of an attitude of prayer versus something we have to really repeat over and over, we believe. Um, and then there, there's a lot of practical advice for us just as living that Jesus does in Matthew 6, which we're going to get to. And then Matthew 7, we see the golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated. So like in those portions, uh, Matthew 6, 7, and 8, or uh, sorry, uh, 5, 6, and 7, you're going to see, if your Bible has it, a bunch of red letters. And that means Jesus is actually talking. I always perk up when I see red in my Bible because it's literally words that came out of Jesus' mouth. If you want to get to know the heart of God, you listen to what Jesus said, right? Because he and the Father are one, right? So if we're going to go over, let's go over to Matthew chapter 6 and look at verse 33. This is going to be a pivotal pillar verse, foundational verse for the series the entire month. And I'm kind of just teeing things up here. I don't have tons of time to get into all of these. We're going to talk about the kingdom in a second, what that means, and really respond to what God is stirring in our hearts today as a response of this kingdom attitude I believe he wants all of us to have. But in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, let me give you the context of it. It's a famous verse. A lot of us could quote it without even going to it. But this verse, it's in the context of a conversation that Jesus is having in this Sermon on the Mount. And he's teaching that you and I and believers shouldn't worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink or what kind of clothes we're going to wear. And he goes off on tangents and says, you look at the birds. 
I take care of their needs. You see the lilies of the field, I dress them. How much more am I going to take care of your needs, right? So it's in the context of all of this. You got to have the right context to understand the purpose of this scripture. But then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, right in the middle of this conversation, Jesus says these words. He says, but seek, what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, will be added unto you, right? Let's, let's break this down a little bit and just have a little word study here on this verse. Each word is super important, all right? The first word is but. So we realize that this verse starts with a conjunction, which means that it isn't a standalone thought just out there in, in midair, but it, it's, it's directly related to the conversation that he was just having. Hey, I take care of the birds. I dress the lilies of the field. You seek first and I'll take care of your needs. Okay. So we got to understand that that's going on. But I love this word seek. Everybody say seek. The word seek, when we study this out, means one is supposed to pursue something and keep on pursuing it without stopping. All right. This like kingdom or bust mentality. Ever played hide and seek before? We had a game of hide and seek yesterday in our house. Me, Mommy and Ezra, all right? Because the kids were outside playing in the snow and he wanted to stay inside and play hide and seek. Here's the deal. Mommy was hiding in a really good spot. I found Ezra. We looked all, I was helping him. And I couldn't find mommy. All right, we looked everywhere, but we did not stop and just say, oh man, all right, let's just go to the store or whatever. No, we, start, we kept seeking until we found mommy. Nice, uh, moms are so smart. She found a nice place with a little headrest and a blanket. And I think mommy was taking a nap. You ever done that before? Kids will play hide and seek and you just take a nap. Your kids think it's not dangerous because they're, they're playing a game and you're like, I just need a nap. Never done that? All right, you guys are good parents. All right, sorry. Uh, well, we didn't stop seeking what we were looking for, right? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Don't stop until you experience it, till you find it, till you walk in it, till you receive it, till you understand it, till you have the revelation of it, till you see it manifesting in your life, your family, your church, your community. Don't stop. That word seek carries power. But the most important word out of all of these words in this verse is the next word. It's first. First sets the order of priority of the kingdom in our lives. Right? The last time I checked and researched, first means numero uno, right? Number one. Number one. Not number 18. Not the leftovers, not if it's only convenient, not if I'm really feeling it that day or that week. It's seek first the kingdom. It's the first thing that we should be concerned about. When we wake up and our feet hit the floor, we should be concerned about the kingdom attitude. What can I, what can I do for you, Lord? What you have for me today? How can I worship you? How can I serve you, right? It's this first mentality that really tees up the rest, right? And what are we supposed to seek first? Well, we, it says the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about that in just a minute here. So we'll give some context of what that is. And he says God's righteousness or his righteousness. That's a really churchy word. That means like God's character, God's way of living, God's right way of living that the Bible teaches us, right? We're seeking first that, right? And it says then all these things. And we already know from the conversation, what are all those things? It's what you're going to eat, what you wear, what you drink, all of that. Your bare necessities, right? The necessities of life. Jesus said don't worry about those. I got those taken care of if you seek first my kingdom. A lot of times we want the promise of all the necessities met, but we don't do the seeking first the kingdom, and we get mad at God. 
we get mad that he's not doing what he said. And he's like, no, no, no. Trying to be gentle father. You're not doing what I asked you to do. Right? Seek first the kingdom and, and my righteousness. And then these things will be added unto you. Sometimes we get the cart before the horse. And so, man, this is a sobering, challenging verse. And I think we love saying it. it's harder to actually do it in our lives, but I think to answer this question and to kind of tee up where we're going to go for the rest of this month is the bigger question we can ask today to understand this is, what is the kingdom of God? If we're supposed to seek this thing first, if we're supposed to have a kingdom or bust mentality attitude about us, what is the kingdom of God? And I want to just take a little deeper study just for a few minutes here before we have some time to respond to this, if you guys are cool. The expression kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, is mentioned over a hundred times in the Bible. Now, just to put that in comparison and contrast, the word gospel is mentioned 90 times in the Bible, and the word church is mentioned about a hundred times in the Bible. So I think we all agree that we're convinced of the importance of the gospel, the saving power of Jesus Christ, right? I think we all understand the importance and power of the true meaning of the church, Christ's bride. We are the church, and he's building his church. No, no argument against that, right? But the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven can seem like this foreign, ambiguous thing that's hard to grasp sometimes, yet Jesus is really bent on, hey, we must seek and build our lives and focus our lives on building his kingdom, right? I'm reminded of Jesus' first ever sermon. Nine words. Jesus' first sermon was just nine words. Oh, you're like, man, Pastor, you need to preach like that. We'd be at the restaurant already. Praise God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says, from that time on, after Jesus was anointed and he was commissioned, now he's going to start. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. What did he begin to preach? His first words, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Nine words. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. If we break down this word kingdom, do a little word study here. If we break it apart, it means the domain of the king. All right, kingdom means the domain of of the king. If we study more the etymology or the real true meaning of the word, it includes this idea of what belongs to a king. So the kingdom is what belongs to a king. How many of you guys know that Jesus is king? Come on, somebody, right? And this kingdom that Jesus is lord over and king over is unlike any other kingdom or any other dominion that earth has ever seen. And here's where people get it mixed up. The kingdom isn't a bunch of rules and regulations. The kingdom actually isn't like back in the days where they had the kingdom. It was actually the land and the boundaries. We're not talking about a place per se. Romans chapter 14, 17 really helps us out. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? So when, get this, so when Jesus asks us, you and I, to seek first the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, what he's really doing, he's inviting you and I to seek the one who represents the kingdom and everything that comes with that one, which would be righteousness, peace, joy, generosity, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of that. He's asking us and he's inviting us when we say seek first the kingdom. He's not saying go to this place or it's just heaven. No, it's much deeper than that. He's saying, hey, I want you to invite the one that represents the kingdom. It's Jesus, right? And here's the revelation that blew my mind this month and this week as I've been studying this. The kingdom isn't a place. 
It's a person. Woo! It's not this by and by, just hang on till we get to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom, your kingdom, your will be done, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Makes a lot of sense when Jesus steps on the stage anointing and says, repent for the kingdom of God or heaven is at hand. Guess what? It's him. Woo, this will change your theology. This will change your attitude. This will change your perspective, right? So the kingdom of God in one sense is the reality that God is king of all things, right? We get that. And, and whether we like it or not, we all live in the kingdom of God. Whether we believe in God or not, we all live in God's kingdom. He created it. There's many scriptures that go off on this. I've heard it said this way. There's not one square inch in the whole dominion of our human existence over which God, who is sovereign over all, over all does not cry, mine. It's all his. It's not one square inch. But here's the deal. We also experience God's kingdom when we allow Jesus's rule and his reign in our lives, in our hearts. Jesus is king and he is Lord. And when we come under that authority, the blessings of the kingdom are opened up to you and I, right? And so kingdom or bust, it's really Jesus or bust, right? We're saying kingdom or bust. We're really saying Jesus or bust at all costs, whatever it takes to have this personal relationship with Jesus and experience the fullness of what he's already purchased for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Kingdom or bust is Jesus or bust. It's you and I experiencing the fullness of God. It's living in a way where God's kingdom comes to our situation here on earth. And we see it manifest in so many different ways. It's prioritizing kingdom advancement versus personal advancement. It's being sold out for Jesus. It's an all-in mentality. It's investing our resources, our time, our treasure, our talent into eternal or kingdom things, not just temporal and worldly things. And so I'll tell you what, this kingdom first attitude, this kingdom or bust mentality, it's a challenge, isn't it? It gets up all up in our grills, like I like to say. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it infiltrates every area of our life. It wants to, at least, if we open the door to it. Right? The, the, this kingdom or bust attitude, it'll affect the way you spend your money and what you invest in. This kingdom or bust mentality, it'll, it'll affect your devotion to God. It, it will affect your relationships. Kingdom-focused relationships versus worldly-focused relationships. It'll, it'll affect your job. They'll make you think, do I just go to this place to get a paycheck or do I see my purpose beyond the paycheck? Do I see that I'm, 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 I'm anointed, I'm appointed with these skill sets and wired by God to do this, to help this, but also to help build this over here? Or is it just a source? Because I've always been taught God should be our source, not some man and some paycheck. It will, it will affect every area, the big things and the small things, right? It, it affects the first thing you reach for in the morning. God's word or a notification. I hit a dopamine because somebody liked your post or what's going on in the world, so I'm just in the know. It'll affect your morning. It'll affect what time you awake and what you do with that time. It will, it'll affect, so, shoot, kingdom-minded people, I'm preaching to the choir this morning. It'll affect what you do on a Sunday morning. It'll affect where you go and where you don't go. If you wake up or you don't wake up. If you attend church or you don't attend church, this kingdom or bus, it wants to infiltrate every area of our life. And here's what I feel like the Lord wants to encourage us with. Just let them in. 
just give me Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else will do. Just give me Jesus. And so I wanna pray and just respond. And we're gonna have just a few moments in, in this attitude of just chewing on this message. I think what the Lord has done this last month of just not rushing out, but spending a few more moments with the Lord and letting him and the Holy Spirit kind of move in our hearts. I think we're gonna grow more quickly. We're gonna grow and get stronger because we're responding to the word. Because what did it say in James? Don't be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. If we only hear, good message, awesome, I'm fired up, but we never do, we don't change and become kingdom-minded people. We can't build the kingdom if we don't have the kingdom attitude in us. And so I guess I started this series off with the attitude first because of the way we think and feel about Jesus and the kingdom affects all the other actions in our life that we're gonna get into this month as we really dive deep in the Lord. And so let's pray because we need God's help with this. How many of you guys know you can't do this on your own strength, amen? Like you cannot have a kingdom-minded attitude every single day when you got your flesh roaring at you. You gotta know that God is helping you and he is propelling you and he knows what's best The kingdom is best. The kingdom way is the best way. It's God's way. And he never asked or challenged his children to do anything that would not help them and propel them forward in the relationship with him and in life. And so let's pray and ask God to just touch our hearts and our minds this morning in a powerful way. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that our attitude determines the level of kingdom impact we can have. Thank you for showing us and challenging us in our attitude. We want to have a higher altitude, a higher level of kingdom in our lives, kingdom in our families, kingdom in our marriages, kingdom in our community, kingdom in this place, Father. And so, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to do a work in our hearts this morning to deposit that kingdom attitude, that kingdom mentality. Lord, we thank you that, Jesus, you call us to have a kingdom first attitude. Thank you for reminding us that it it comes first not last, not squeezed into the last moment of our week, but put first into the first moments of our week, first moments of our day. Lord, help us seek to not stop kingdom or bust, Lord God. We will get the kingdom, we will attain the kingdom, we will experience the kingdom of God in our lives, or we'll die trying because the kingdom is what you're building and the kingdom lives inside of us because you live inside of us. The kingdom of heaven is near because he's in us. And so, Father, I thank you for that revelation. I thank you, Lord, that you would bust free in this moment, in these next few moments, and just speak to every heart that's here, both in person and online, to understand what our takeaway is from this today. Where, what are areas of our life that we can be more kingdom-minded, have that kingdom attitude? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your help in advance. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you guys just keep your heads bowed, eye closed just for a moment. I never like to end a service and we're gonna go into time response. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, the way you get into the kingdom of God, the way that you experience God's kingdom is just simply put, call in the king who is king. It's saying, Jesus, I believe you are Lord and you are king. And I give you the reins of my life. There's an element of losing control in that that we don't like in our humanity. But the spiritual side of us wants and longs for a king and a Lord who's good, who's gentle, who's tender, who leads us and guides us in the paths of righteousness. His name is Jesus. He went to the cross and he died for every single one of us. And then he rose again on that third day to conquer death once and for all so that you and I don't have to have penalty of death in our lives. But we can spend eternity in heaven with this king. He's a good king. He's not a harsh king. He's a loving king and he'll steward your heart and your life very well. If you're here today and you wanna receive Jesus, maybe for the first time or 
rededicate your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not looking around, I'm not calling out or any embarrassing anybody. If you're just here and you wanna be joined in this prayer, would you just slip up your hand so I know I'm talking to you and online as well. This is for you. If you're here or you're there on the other end of that screen, this is for you. Would you join us as a church family as we all repeat this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. We, we believe that's the best prayer. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.